Hello, and welcome to another episode of the UK Airshow Review Podcast, the podcast we started when we had no airshows to review. My name's Sam, and with me tonight are... Ian. Tom. And Dom. <laughs> A Tom Dom. Tom Dom. Tom and Dom. Uh, <laughs> it's like the shit yeah, it's bit... version of the flower pot, man. Still uh, a bit of Ben. Yeah. Sorry. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's just cut that one in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. It's been a while. Um, we decided to have a get together and talk because we've all been doing some plain stuff to a greater or lesser degree. Uh, things are maybe starting to get a little bit back to normal for now. So. One of the things, of course, that has got back to normal, that's uh, been a, almost a regular feature of the last few years, has been a uh, bomber deployment to Fairford. Um, I can't remember exactly. Is this have an exercise name or something now? I can't remember. I don't think this one does, other than just the BTF bomber task force. Yeah. Compared to, like, so, Sabre, Sabre Strike or Ample Ultima Strike. Ultima Freedom. Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Like no, I don't, I don't think this does have... A, an official exercise with it so so if, if you haven't heard the news and and probably given the numbers that mean turn up at the fence i'd be amazed if you have um the uh u.s air force have sent a deployment of b1 lancers aka the bone to raf fairford obviously it's where they deploy the bombers to and uh dom almost did but tom has gone to see them at the fence yeah, um, yeah, Don, tell us you, about you, that. You, you put, tell us about that. My expose, a day in the life <laughs> of the spotter on the fence of Fairford. I bought a new ladder and decided that I would like to go to Fairford. Yeah, I did. Um, uh, you bought n- a new ladder for it? No, not not for it. Um, but basically, I went to catch the B-52. Yeah, oh, Dom, you, it was you and I, wasn't it? We went to catch the B-52s last year mm-hmm. on that bank holiday. Yep. And, we, and I had that blue, like, two-step, I don't know cheapest chips thing from Argos and it just wasn't enough to get over the fence of Fairford so from then I was like well if I get one that is the height of Fairford then the Fairford fence then that's like I presume that's like the highest so I'll be fine so I yeah I did buy a new ladder with Fairford in mind but and this is the first time I've been able to use it in anger and um, Nick Jennings um, he was with me and he bought one as well so we look mm. like the right pair of uh, ladder uh, friends yeah <laughs> Oh, ladder friends. Set ladder friends. Um, ladder lads. Ladder lads. I use, I use a step ladder because I don't go down with my real ladder. Because what? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> you have to listen back to the podcast, Tom. <laughs> I use a step ladder because I don't get on with my real ladder. Oh, gosh. Well. <laughs> That's good. Hell. I like that. Thanks. Thank you. It's better than all my jokes. Um, so yeah, so uh, four B ones from Dias Air Force Base, Dias, 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 uh, somewhere in Texas, um, have arrived. Uh, one of them hasn't moved since it touched down. And do, do we know why? Is it just broken, or is it just <laughs> probably known a B one? I've seen reports yeah. that reports. I've seen. So this is the thing about spotters, right? Report sounds like a really official thing, but basically, I've seen someone talk about it on the internet with zero yeah. uh, verification or hundred percent moderation. When, when someone says I've had reports or some insider info or something like, that, it is one hundred percent every single time a tweet they saw. 
Yeah, well, and and then it and then it's like it's regenerative. So someone will see a tweet and then they won't say where they got it from. They say, "Oh, I've seen a report that," and then they'll like put it on Facebook. And then someone on an, uh, a forum will go, "Oh, well, I've seen it on Facebook that." And then someone will go, "Oh, I've also seen that on Twitter." So yeah. everyone's talking. Yeah. Everyone's saying it is. It's all just one guy. Um, so and that has made plenty of people pretty angry um, recently. Um, but um, they yeah they've been flying well, it, all sorts of just... weird patterns. Sorry. No, I was going to say this. This deployment in particular seems to have really got so much disinformation and people just making stuff up. And I don't know why. Um, maybe it's because um, this deployment is the most one of the most unreliable ones. I say that the last time they deployed, they were grounded, so they sat on the ground for four weeks. Um, so at least they're flying this time. Oh yeah, oh, yeah they did because they, they had they had the ejection seat problem. And then I looked, and they were also grounded this year. So the B one fleet, it's just it's knackered. Um, so <laughs> make the most of the while you can. <laughs> yeah, the, literally, which is why I went. Um, so I, I just think it's because they're more unreliable. Whereas the B fifty twos, they were they were up like every day, and if it you. Know, when they sent six, it was like two were up one day and then two different ones were up the next day. Whereas these four, one of them hasn't moved and then the other sort of, they seem to fly in pairs at maximum. Um, but yeah, they're flying really odd sorties. They're going really early in the morning and coming back quite late at night. And because it's autumn now, there's not actually been that many days where there's been mm. good enough conditions to go. But yeah, it's awesome. It's B- I mean, it's B1s. It's afterburning, swing wing, bombers. Um, and actually, there hasn't been... I've seen fair for busier. Um, it was busier for the B-52s last year, but that's because I went on a bank holiday rather than a weekday, so that probably has a lot to do with it. But um, it's been fun. Other than uh, spotters um, re- reportedly taking uh, dumps in, in fields uh, <laughs> or whatever that's, else. That's made national news. Yeah, mad. Um, and uh, there was a like a BBC bulletin or something and there was a guy on there who was actually he was very um articulate and um he he, pretty, he argued the case pretty well and was just like well you know people are gonna people are gonna turn up and if if they if it's really a problem make a little like a spotter's area and there's enough land around but then yeah they're, I, they're not gonna do that for fairford are they because it's i was i was talking to someone uh in fact i'm sure i'll, I'm sure I'll mention later because it was um at another fence somewhere else um and we were talking about this and i, I was saying how so this was this was overseas and we were saying how talking about the deployment and i was saying i've not been down there because i can't be bothered dealing with the crowds and we we got talking about the idea that that, that really that by now the the council should should just bite the bullet and do a little spotters area or to clear a bit of ground for it for people to go to because it's it's regular as clockwork now and people turn up in such huge numbers to these things now because, you know, bomber deployments, of course they are. It's just, bombers are fucking cool. And and he said something that I thought was interesting, which was an argument I've sort of vaguely seen, but not really ever seen properly being made. But someone, you know, in, in what he said was, oh, but people will say, oh, well, the Air Force isn't a tourist attraction. It's like, well, they are because you're allowed to go to the fence and spot. You know, that's, that's not they're, they're not doing it for our entertainment, but mm. it, it it's it's a completely valid and you know legal hobby to have so people will do it and yeah. it, i can't see the downside to it other than obviously it costs a bit of money but if it's if, if it's gonna be and also if it's gonna be um fairford in particular is going to be more active soon anyway i think is that right is it basing stuff there no i, I think remember. milder hall's staying isn't it i think milder hall's meant to close and the 135 is going to 
Fairford tomorrow. The the things Ospreys. like rivet, the rivet joints and stuff like that. I uh, thought it was going to be rivet joints. Well, some, stuff I know rivet something was going to be. And then, yeah, all the other stuff was going to Ramstein potentially. Ah, uh, what do I know? Um, listen, I thought Hundred Squadron disbanded this year until one of their hawks turned up at Zagreb in Croatia uh, in front of me. So. Um, which you know, is mad, about, which, which, which I love which is, as well. What do I know about what's going on in the UK? Um, but yeah, if, if it is going to be getting busier, or it's just going to continue to be quite active with bomber deployments, they might as well do it. Yeah. So many other places in the in, in England have them. So Actually, I can only think of Lake and Heath, to be fair. But the, Lake but and the... Heath. Mil- Mil- Milton Hall has designated not designated areas but recognized areas that are oh i see what you mean for people yeah. to go on you've got um, wave waddington waddington, well. waddington has it um cold joe's have one as well yes yeah there is yeah but yeah i know i agree i mean even if pounds a park how many people would pay that you get your money yeah. back yeah next to no time yeah people would yeah and um it's the parking i think that's the issue um and it's slightly a problem. It's not so bad at the one end, at the west end, the 09 end. Um, you can, there's that long lane from Aston Mersey, which if you're going to Parkview West on React Days, you just drive up, you just keep going, and there's a crash gate at the end. And no one parks in front of the crash gate, so it can still be used, but there's plenty of stuff either side. Um, but it's, yeah, it's that um, the 27 end, um, the end you think about with, with, with the road between Kempsford and Welford. Uh, that goes Con- along. Coningsby has a little area as well, I think. Yeah, it does. So an, an, th- an they official... should. I mean, uh, but that's the thing is that you know y- you can't just tell people not to turn up to places. You you, you can't yeah. do that with beauty spot, and that's not trying to be like an arrogant spotter. I'm just saying that it like people will come, and you you can say, oh, don't turn up. There's no parking. There's you know we'll ticket yeah. vehicles. People will come and they'll chance their luck because they mm. will. Um, and so it's better to just recognise that and sort of go with it rather than try and fight it because you know and the local residents they're fine with spotters you know they're, they're broadly okay as long as rubbish yeah as long as yeah. rubbish isn't left everywhere and people are taking dumps in fields um, <laughs> which yeah that made national news I'm still a little bit I'm still not sure I still don't know if I could personally tell human shit from dog shit and I wonder if this walker's dog just ate dog shit but who knows? Um, I've definitely seen people staying there because um, on the Thursday night, I stayed there for three days in, in Fairford Village because I had leave to use. And I went to try and like night shoot these B1s from from, all, from the public thing. And I stayed at where the crash gate where Kempsford... I stayed, stopped at the crash gate where Kempsford is, uh, at the blue entrance to Riyadh, if people you know, know the showground from Riyadh. And... Um, there were people there that were sleeping in the cars overnight because I spoke to them. I said, "What are you doing?" They said, "We're sleeping in our car overnight." Jeez, so please. that must have been. And it's October as well. It's not warm, so I don't envy them at all. But people be committed. It is dedication. I was going to use another word, but yeah. And then that was for a non-flying day the next day. So that was a real big, uh, <laughs> big ball ache. Shouldn't shouldn't laugh, but you know, yeah, people are committed, and um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? They're going to push and push and push against spotters until they do something, facilitate it, and they go, "Oh yeah, actually, this kind of works." But then, even at Lake and Heath, you know, you've got the spotters area, but people still park in the forest thing. Well, the thing so... is, I don't even think they're really pushing against the spotters. It's just the because well, yeah. no, no, you know, no one's being moved on. The, the base is completely spotter friendly because the, half the time the police come over and 
chat to you. Yeah, stuff like the, that. the police came around. There's, there's no times hostility, and, and they stop and they have a chat and they talk about it. Normally, they go, "Why? Why'd you do this?" And you're like, oh. "Yeah, <laughs> good question." Well, um, even the crew go down to the fence line and sell the tap, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, occasionally, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I pushback's probably a strong word, but there's also a, there is a responsibility on spotters. You look at Lake and Heath, where there is a dedicated spotters area. It's the wrong side of the airfield, so I can understand why. But people parking in the forest entrance, there's often been problems with that. It, the thing is, it, it never used to be a problem because no one really ever did it, and it's in the, just in the last what, five years or so. It's just the numbers of people that go to when yeah. there's deployment now. People just turn up in there hundreds and hundreds. Blame social mad. media. And and yeah. lack of um, COVID and lack of you know aviation events during the year probably contributes to that because people haven't had their Maybe. fix. And also like like me, anecdotally, I've got a bunch of annual leave that I just haven't bothered using because I've just been working from home. All, you know, uh, where am I going to go? Um, so I, I think that's also contributed. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But you did go somewhere. You went abroad. A lot. Uh, I've, and, I've I, been, and we all hate yeah. your guts. How, how many places have you been more. in the last? Um, Count it back from, say, was, was Poland the first place you went Poland to? Poland was the first place I went to. Okay. And when was so, that? Mid-August? That was end of August. End so two, in the last two months, I've been to... <laughs> pluggy reviews, pluggy reviews. Well, yeah, they're, they're all on uh, airshows.co.uk um, for the reviews. I went to Poland. I went to... Before, after. I went to Imagine P- having that luxury. Oh shit! Where, where, I when did I get all this really exotic military? I went aviation. to Poland. I went to for Aero Baltic in Dinia. I went to Greece for Athens Flying Week. I went to Belgium and Germany for the Belgian Grand Prix with Dan, um, which didn't happen, and we got thoroughly soaked, and it was pretty miserable. Except it wasn't, and, and also Germany. We went to. Sinsheim and Speyer, which are two of the most ridiculously incredible museums I've ever seen in my life. And genuinely, and they're quite close to each other. You could do both in a day, which we did. And honestly, if you're, you know, around Frankfurt area, you have to go to them because they're just, they've got a a whole 747 on poles. (laughs) It's mental. Um, I went to Malta. I went to France. I went to... I was meant to go back to Greece to do something with the Air Force, and then they decided a week beforehand to tell me that they weren't flying. Um, you and I so were supposed so I, to. You and I were supposed to go to Belgium fair, and then I called, yes, we were I supposed to go to Belgium. That, which is, um, um, I've been, and then I went. So instead, I went to Croatia, Slovenia, and Hungary. <laughs> so, so Poland, Greece, France, Belgium, Germany, Malta. All without the aid of a sky van. Also. All without the aid of a sky van. <laughs> Croatia. So nine, nine, con- nine, nine countries in two months. It's not too bad. You know, there's that, there's like a, what's that Chinese phrase? May all your it's dreams come life. true. And it's, it's a curse Scratch rather man. than a, rather than <laughs> May you live in interesting <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and all and of it. And I'm off to Portugal in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Jesus, you're such a bastard. And uh, <laughs> what's been, uh, Top five highlights across the board. That if you th- just Top think back, five. Of f- five five moments from any of them right now. Well, I'll, I'll, sticking to aviation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it aviation. Come on. I think. What are we? Poland. Poland was great. Poland was quite 
sort of last minute because it, I realised it was going to be the last chance I ever had to see Iskras, which I'd never seen before. So seeing Iskras in operational service, I should say. Mm. And it was basically pretty much the last ever... By, by that point, I think the, the red-white Sparks had actually been retired from the Air Force. So it was like their last actual performance as ever. Didn't um, one of them have a landing mishap? No, so I thought it was a landing mishap. I think I put it in the review actually, and it, uh, the, one of the Polish guys corrected me afterwards. It was um, Jacek Siminski, Siminski, um, just to give his dues. Um, it, it, I think it, they, when, they, when they were taxing out for a, a um, practice display, the nose gear collapsed because you know they're like sixty-year-old machines. So um, it wasn't a landing mishap. It was just no, it wasn't. It was, in, it was enthusiastic, taxi enthusiastic but, taxiing. But, Unfortunately, that meant it was a two-ship display rather than a three-ship display at the weekend. But yeah, that was good. Seeing the sea sprite there as well was yeah, very really jealous. cool. Um, what is almost certainly going to be your last chance to see a Polish sea sprite. Um, that was very cool. Greek Spitfire. That was nice. Um, That's the one that was recently restored at Biggin. And it was. It was recently restored at Biggin. Yeah. It, it, it first flew... It, and it didn't hasn't done anything in the UK... Um, unfortunately, but it they flew it over. I think back in May to Greece, and it was oh god, this is this thing. I'm really bad with pilot names, so it was Dan Griffiths. Dan Griffiths, I think you said Dan Griffiths. Dan Griffiths flew it at the air show, but it was the name of the other guy. Um, flew it to Greece. Ah, oh, this is really bad because I know I know who it is. Anyway, it was. Do you reckon you write that on exam papers? A A A A A R H H H first name. Really bad joke. It's actually still basically copied a joke there from Monty Python. I heard the Grail tongue, so you're not very original. Um, anyway, that's annoying. Anyway, it was his longest Sorry. ever flight, and longest ever journey in a Spitfire, and it was done over X amount of legs, and it was a long went down through Italy and all that, and it was really good. Anyway, so they they flew it at the Air, at Athens Flying Week, which was very cool, and it's a Mark Nine with clip wings and big great big blue roundels and it's gorgeous and it was lovely and that was very cool um i enjoyed that malta was just nice well it was mixed mixed in some degrees but it was a very nice holiday that was good um really i mean the, the thing with malta was it was an astonishingly good the flying display was an astonishingly good lineup um if it weren't for the fact that fedor belgian air force f-16 didn't get to do his display because his his plane broke. In fact, both both the both the main jet and the spare broke. <laughs> um, it would have been probably one of you know one of the strongest European flying displays. Just full stop because you stop. had the Belgian F sixteen, Solo Turk, Swiss Hornet, Swiss PC seventeen. You had the Red Arrows. Um, Swedes? No, 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 nothing Swedish there. Um, you had and obviously the Maltese Air Force. I feel like I've forgotten something now. Oh, and um, uh, French Rafale. So it was Tidy. pretty much the best European fast jet displays, pretty much, at one air show. Um, and that was... It was nice. It was a nice setting, good location, beautiful country. I mean, Malta's incredible. The spotter's package, is, as Gordon's upcoming review will elaborate on, was not very good. Um it it just was a bad location. It felt like the very much which was the case. The airport didn't want to know. They really didn't want to be hosting anything. So it was all very 
just giving us the barest scraps they could. And it's a shame because the because the static display, the ground stuff at Malta was extraordinary. You know, so it was like a A AW one three nine me. Um, you had so much stuff from Italy there; it was incredible. You had two tornadoes, a two seater AMX. Mm. Uh, when did you ever see one of those? You had half of their country's helicopters <laughs> at, at, at Malta International Airport. Now it was great, and as well as a, a whole bunch of other stuff. That's the the sort of the worry with international like air shows is that spotters pack or yeah because if you're going to go you're going to pay for the spotters package or whatever and and, and make a full trip of it and they can just vary so much in quality you can have one that is just like top notch can't ask for better and then you can have another one uh that might even be more expensive but it's obviously done by uh someone who you know doesn't understand what spotters want from a particular package and until you go you know it's like this was this that that was the experience of of the Athens Flying Week spotters package. Now the show was extraordinary. You know it was an incredible lineup. The home stuff. You had the Greek the Greek army with Apaches and the brand new brand new quotes. You know brand new for Greece. Obviously not new aircraft. Oh fifty eight, which was their first public display. Oh, was it? Oh, nice. I think I'm pretty sure it was their first. They only took them on last year, I think. Um. And there, I mean, that was my first time I'd ever seen an OH-58, I think, full stop. Certainly flying. Very, very cool to see. Chinooks, you know, the Chinook fast roping four guys on, you know, a rope underneath, flying them off, just off into the distance. It's crazy cool. And, of course, you had some actual operational Greek army Hueys, you know, proper UH-1s. Which, I mean, how cool is that? Mm. You know, actual Hueys. And overall, it was an incredibly good display, and, and the foreign stuff as well. You had, well, not just the foreign stuff. You had the you know, Greek Air Force, Greek Navy. They were meant, mm. they were meant to send a P three, but they've only got one operational at the moment. And apparently, both days, um, they had to go out looking for Turkish submarines. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're quite explicit about who their enemy is. <laughs> um, and we we were talking because particularly Aaron is he's mad about P threes, and we we were at the the P three stall because they all had obviously were out selling absolutely every single piece of merchandise they can under the sun. We talked to them and, and we said, "Oh, where's your P three And he said, "Ah, we had trouble with our neighbours." <laughs> Again, <laughs> so it's good. the mili- military equivalent of like having a really loud party or slinging some dog shit over the edge or something, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's just it's it's brilliant. I love it. Um. Yeah, so that was the thing, the Spotters package. So the air show was great, you know, it was a really good show. But the Spotters package was eye-wateringly expensive. I think it was probably more expensive than free at Mac 3. Really? Fewer days. The Friday was a shambles. You got there and the Spotters grandstand hadn't even been built yet. <laughs> so we ended up going off to this other grandstand. Actually, I mean, it worked out all right in the end. Because we ended up basically just going and chilling on some sofas in the VIP area and buying some discounted food from their little food bar, which was really good quality. And that was quite nice and relaxing, but it was basically just completely disorganised. Um, the Spotters Grandstand was not great. It wasn't a good location. It was set too far back. There was no shade or facilities of any sort. So you had to go out uh, of the of the Spotters enclosure on the show days if you wanted to you know, get food or use the loo or whatever. And the thing with that was it was fine because it was incredibly limited numbers there because of Corona. But if it had been a normal day, I, you, I mean, you would have been queuing for ages and all of that sort of stuff. Would have been big crowds. Um, 
And then on the Monday, I mean, it was just an awful location. Well, it wasn't awful, but it was just it's the amount of money you paid. It was just a, a bad location. You were only at the end of the runway. So you got some all right taxi shots. But, you you know, unless they elected to do a fly pass, you just you didn't get them in the air, which is sort of the point, obviously, of you, know, you do spotter stuff. You, you want to get stuff in the air. Um, and annoyingly, the thing, you know, I got some lovely photos of a Greek Air Force, Hellenic Air Force T2 Buckeye, you know, moving under its own power, which is amazing. But no one had asked him to do a fly past. So he just took off into the distance. And so compared with, say, the German tornado, which gave us a great big curving topside right round us, which was, you know, peachy. They know how to do it. Um, they they knew what they were doing. They 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 had a good time, and, and particularly the, the tornadoes. It was funny because the two typhoons, had ta- German typhoons, had taken off, um, and had done a fly pass. And and but the, the, when they did it, the tornado was taxing past, and you could you could tell that the tornado guys had gone no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Get a load of these chances. <laughs> <laughs> it, it 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 was it was cool. I mean that was probably the best thing. Well, the, the Buckeye was good, and then right at the end we had three or four Saudi Herculeses, love H models as well, land, Excellent. which were very, very nice to catch, and very cool, but it wasn't quite the same as seeing a Saudi tornado going, moving under its own power, because of course, despite them being, you know, and, and there are you know mixed feelings about how excited you can get about Saudi Arabian stuff, obviously, but but then what, you know, what can I say, the place I've been, but... Um, they all decided to leave the day after departures day, which just felt like, well, you know, what? didn't think your country could get any worse, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> didn't leave on departures day. That's the worst thing Saudi Arabia I, has I, ever I, done. I, I've heard of crimes against humanity, but this takes the biscuit. Um, so that was minorly disappointing just because, you know, it's a tornado, you know, who knows how long they're going to be in service for. Yeah, definitely. You would have loved to have caught it in the air, but, uh, yeah, but so overall the spotters pack and, and just the organization as well was, was so weak, so poor, which, you know, what experience I have of Greece is that's not out of character for just the country in general, but the amount of, you know, the amount of money we paid, for the spotters package it was it was poor that's the difficult thing isn't it because especially if you paid a lot of, yeah if you paid like i don't know like 20 euros for like a little spotters area you just think well take what you can get these, these air force guys yeah. who who is normally like some air force staff somewhere who've just you know have to sit with you all day and babysit you you think well, fair well enough, the, the take whole what you the, can, the, but... yeah the show was, it was civilian run Oh right, okay. Well, slightly different then. But that's the thing. You, you, know, if you, you're paying hideous amounts of money, you don't want to be like one of those knobhead spotters that's like, this isn't perfect. Clearly, a non-photographer. I, I, but then it's. Dis- but at the same time, yeah, I disagree. Well, no, but this, that's I, what I've I mean. Paid, I've paid for a product. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. If you have paid for it, then you know, it. It's the they force you to be like that kind of guy that you don't want to be, but. You, you paid for it, you know, and and yeah. you're well within rights to say, well, this isn't this isn't great, yeah. and and you've charged a hideous yeah. amount of money for it. Um, well, the impression we got was that the guy who was certainly looking after us on the f- Monday, and to a certain extent on the Friday, was obviously a spottery type himself. He had a camera and, and knew what was going on, but it was very clear, like it no no. You, so for example, you couldn't leave early, basically, until the last thing had landed or the last movement, which fortunately was round about two o'clock. Um, but you, you couldn't leave. 
And the reason you couldn't leave, it felt like, was because he didn't want to have to go anywhere and he wanted to get his photo. <laughs> like, there was, like, and his, his, the excuse was, oh, well, you know, base security have to do it and, and they have to escort you. And that's, you know, they're not, it's not their job to escort people, spotters around. It's like, well, no, that, that's, he's literally their job. That, what else are they doing? You know? That's why you've opened up yourselves to doing a spotter's yeah. day. And sorry, you, you think that base security are more busy than you are right now. Um, and it, it just felt like he just couldn't be bothered. And that was frustrating, particularly because Aaron and I needed to leave to go off and do something else to, to a, to a, to a, a time limit or a time constraint. And we almost missed it as a result of Nobbo. Um, <laughs> but yeah. But, but but that's the thing. No, I, I I disagree. I, particularly the money paid. You pay for a product, and and you you should be getting. And it, and it and it highlights how much Fiat is not even just the gold standard, but just the best. Yeah, the, the spotters package. Well, and, and Fiat's well evolved as well. But that's what I mean. Is is I'm not saying that you shouldn't complain. Uh, you know, if you've you paid money for a service and you've received a shit product for what you've paid a lot of money for, completely justified. But personally, I don't like having to be that guy like you know when like uh you're on hold to a company for ages and they're messing you around and you have to start being like look i know it's not you you're just yeah. some telephone but i have to like i have to be angry at someone like yeah. my my disposition is that i hate doing that and i and then i hate them for forcing me to to be a bit of a twat Ooh. about it but yeah free i mean free as well evolved isn't it it's it's been done over years but um the with with free at you know what you're getting whereas yeah with yeah. like sort of some foreign, particularly tiger meats, it seems like. Dom, obviously, you've got experience from Poland. I don't think you were that happy with with the, with the Polish one. Some tiger meats seem to just absolutely rock, uh, and then others seem to sort of fall by the wayside a little bit. Yeah, it seemed a bit. Uh, they were just blagging it as it went along, but. Well, well why? What happened? Well, we were just. Well, I think there was no organisation when we got there in the morning. We were told to be. It was actually a. It's like a shopping mall. Meet in this car park. You'll get coached <laughs> to the Air Force Base. There was no queuing system. The queue was literally going around in squares in the car park. Coaches never turned up till ages. A couple of trucks turned up with army men. Just went, oh. Took ages to check everyone's passes. And then when we got to the spotters area, it was tiny. And all the, you know, the usual types with their stepladders all at the front. Yeah. It was just poorly organised. Dommy, you can, you can call them what they are, the Dutch. Yeah, Max Verstappen fans. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, we paid all that money to be there, and we're just stuck in this rubbish little area, facing into the sun, miles from it, the runway. See, there is like that. there are certain points when you can tell it's not being set up by, say, a photographer who who wouldn't know that you don't want to stare into yeah. the sun all day. And you can think, well, yeah, if you're not into photography, that's sort of forgivable. But then there's things like, yeah, like coaches not turning up on time, no, like no thought or anything. And it's like, if you've paid for that, then I think it's a legitimate thing to yeah. be a bit pissed off about if you don't get it, you know? Yeah. Particularly if it's got so much precedent that, you know, ask the last guys who did it how it goes. 
Yeah, it's or, not like or it's ask the first tiger meat. Our spotters, or, you know, there's such a disconnect. It, like it's the same it, with like this. We're talking about spotters area at Fairford. I'm sure if the local council asked spotters what they wanted or or, or needed, yeah, um, you don't have to implement it, but at least you know you'll get a reasonable idea from someone who's just picking up a file who is absolutely not into it. In the same way that if I was tasked with like trying to contain a load of bird watchers in North Wales because there's a bunch of red kites around, I'd ask the bird watchers, "What do you need? Do you need parking? Okay, do you need I don't know." Uh, X amount of rubbish bins. Where where would be the most ideal place for you to go? It might not be what we do, but at least we know that's the the rough idea. You know, if mm. we if we put one over here, are you just going to go oh that shit and just congregate all on the other end of the, you know, uh, like just uh, there's no um, our spotters and we we can yeah. we can talk forever. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, is there a gap in the market for a business like this? <laughs> no. <laughs> because I'll charge hideous amounts. Um, but yeah, I just don't think there's any harm, but there, there's just no thought to doing it. It's, and you can turn up to some foreign sort of shows or, or events and say like Denmark, that's always seems to be just absolutely fantastic. Oh. And the guys just seem to really enjoy it. Whereas you can turn up to say other foreign yes, shows yeah. and it sounds like, or it feels like um, some Air Force uh, staff guy has just been lumped with this. Oh, you're going to have to babysit 200 you know, yeah, blokes, mostly blokes. Yeah. Let's be honest, two hundred blokes with massive cameras who um, uh, who have to go and sit in a field, and you have to babysit them for an entire day. And the, and the guy's just like, "Oh, what the fuck am I doing?" You know, it's I, a slight tangent, but I, I, funny enough, you say about mostly blokes. So it is still skewed that way, but a lot of play, some of the places I've been, sort of certainly as you sort of get to more Eastern Europe, um, it is a bit more, it's slightly more balanced. Weirdly, that's good. Well, there's so the, I, where, you can notice it on social media. There's a lot more women getting into the hobby, which yeah. is good. I um, I went to I wasn't I didn't do the spotters package in Poland because basically people told me it's not worth it. But I did. I went as media as you know we do because you know you car. Um, and instead, and what I did with that was I basically just went in the spotters grandstand, and it, there were way more women in there than you would than you might get at a spotters event in the UK, for example. So I think it does. And then I know in from Russian spotting groups, there's there are quite a few. Um, so it is it is a thing for fun enough for what it's but that's a slight tangent and of course I went uh, MiG-21 hunting in, in Croatia so and hunted well by the looks um I, I saw if... I, I think Dean oh, West saw well. some. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some <laughs> I saw three airframes but I, I I think uh, I think not to not to sort of embarrass him I think he tweeted that there's only like what only a handful that Still serviceable, still out. There are four single seaters, and I think three two seaters. So about seven. So you saw, flying. yeah, just under fifty percent of them. Yeah. So I saw. Actively. If you want to know, I saw one one six, one three three, and one one eight. Um, it's a big shame. That's that. That's the only time you will ever hear me acknowledging. I was going to say it's a big shame that Dan's not on the thing because he, he just <laughs> would have like ruined his computer. Um, so I, but it, it's it's slightly miffed because I really wanted to see a, a two-seater because I've never seen a two-seater flying before um, and they didn't unfortunately. What we did see which was quite cool was um, on the, mon- on the uh, Tuesday was so when I say we, um, there's a guy called Chris Lofting who um, lives in Zagreb now or, or m- mostly lives in Zagreb with his family um, and I t- I've chatted to him a lot um about MiG-21s and also his various travels because he's done a lot of going around Eastern Europe kind of stuff like I have. Um, so, you know, kindred spirits. Um, and 
he he joined me in fact i'd say he, he joined me i joined him spotting and which was quite glad because he brought along a spare step ladder uh which cause i didn't have because otherwise i would have had to bought one for 200 kuna at a local diy store um and yeah it was pretty good so what we did we saw on the tuesday was a qra practice so it was two armed with live missiles mig 21s which is pretty cool um AA-8s or whatever they're called, R-60s, I don't know. Um, old Soviet missiles, anyway. And they met up with a couple of 100 Squadron Hawks um, who were doing an airspace intrusion, you know, for the QRA. So I, from do. what I gather, as you do, from what I went all the way to Croatia and saw a bloody RAF hawk. <laughs> <laughs> but what, I think at the moment 100 Squadron are or were out in Hungary and they came down from there. I don't know why they're in Hungary, doing stuff with the Grippens or something. Um, and yeah, and one of them landed, and the two armed ones landed, and then that was that for that Tuesday. And then on the Wednesday, funny, we think it was a genuine QRA scramble, um, which was very interesting because uh, they really moved. Really? Um, yeah, they, they. It was quite cool seeing a genuine one because these two MiG 21s coming along with missiles on the wings going off, getting the runway, and just off they go uh, with those, oh, you know, when, when the. When the single stage afterburner kicks in with a little touching face meme, you know. Um, oh, it was exactly like that. I wish I print screen that thing. <laughs> um, with the turquoise dashboards as well. Um, and and then a, a, another single seater went out, 118, went, went out on a training mission of some sort. Somehow managed, somehow despite sitting on the runway and, and revving his engine up about, I think, three times before actually taking off. Still had enough fuel for a go around at the end, which surprised every <laughs> surprised everyone involved, especially the uh, former East German MiG twenty one uh, engineer who was with us that day, and he was like, "Yeah, I I genuinely thought he would have run out of fuel by now." So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. That was a so, of so Croatia was was just spotting. That was just luck of the draw. With no, what you had, or... I I actually hadn't wasn't certain I was going to go until pretty much on the on the night before the tuesday because I, I i had taken all my camera stuff out but i you know didn't know, really know what the weather was quite going to be like in fact it was mostly foggy up until about 12 o'clock on the or maybe 11 o'clock on the um on the wednesday there was no flying at, well there was flying but no military flying um it was just a holiday i went out to zagreb saw that it's not the most exciting city in the world there's not too much going on very cool museum of broken relationships, though. Um, <laughs> that sounds which... like my kind of place. <laughs> well, it, it, it's actually a very interesting concept, genuinely. You, it, it sort of seems like a bit of a meme. And then you go in, and it's actually it's quite moving. Because it's not just about like romantic relationships that have come to an end, but there's stuff in there about like you know people who've lost their family members. Sure, I regret joking or, about it. Or you know, their friends, a friend who's died, for example. And it's, you know, and there was, oh, and some of it genuinely moved me to tears. It was quite a powerful museum, actually. Um, and you know, you come out thinking, well, actually, it's quite a significant part of human life, and yeah, no one really sort of commemorates it as a as a big event, which it can be, and quite life changing. So that was quite good. And Zagreb's all right. I went to Slovenia, went to Ljubljana, which was very, very beautiful, and then went and got drunk in Budapest, and where no one was wearing masks. So can't go wrong. Can't go wrong <laughs> with, with getting drunk, not the not the mask thing. Oh. So, so basically, Ian is just going to have an entire—I don't know however long you've been talking about your your foreign trips. Yeah, and sorry, it's just going to be a bunch of interference from all of us grinding our teeth just listening. Sorry, to you guys, it's talking been about it. 
the better part of about twenty minutes of me just monologuing my. No, my, I just mean two, I just mean we just sitting here just of holidays. hating your guts. Yeah. Oh, Have you got any more planned? Portugal, you mentioned anything else? It's gonna go and see no. some F16s. No, because I haven't got any. Uh, I'm not. Uh, it's not the F16s I'm gonna see. Um, no, I because I haven't got any more annual leave left. So ah, dicks. Yeah. How the mighty fall. Yeah, that's well. That's the thing with COVID, right? Because because everyone's got a bunch of annual leaves to take, and um... this is it. I've just absolutely just spunked mine out in two months. So. <laughs> Your work <laughs> HR is like, what is all this? <laughs> what is this calendar? Good fun. Sounds like you've had a, a really good couple of weeks or months. A couple of months. It's been good. It has been good. I've, I've been lucky. It's been all right. I haven't been abroad spotting for five years now. And Belgium was supposed to be... So Sam and I were supposed to go to Belgium. Uh, and then my uh, grandma um, had COVID symptoms, didn't tell us, and visited me the night before. And I was literally leaving the house, had the bag over my shoulder, had everything in the car. And uh doctor phoned up and said that we all had to self-isolate. We didn't have COVID in the end, which kind of makes it even worse. Big Yeah, I big actually... I, bucket of I dicks. would be less... I would be less annoyed if you had come down with a yeah case yeah probably. yeah exactly um, we were ready to drive to France I was ready to pick you up that night and um... yeah it's probably not a bad idea because I I at that point I mean it was so exhausting but um, by that by that point I was I think I was on my last legs like, I was exhausted <laughs> just like limping to Belgium <laughs> helicopters yeah. <laughs> it actually looked like quite Nick 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 was out there because he was out and yeah. Nick had an, an great cut a few weeks didn't he out in france went spotting yeah nick had yeah we should we should have got him on um nick had an amazing couple of months, uh, weeks and um he showed mm. me some so nick's got a, a mirrorless and i was talking to him at fairford obviously i was with him at fairford and um we were talking about like mirrorless cameras and whether they're the future and he showed me um video that he'd taken uh uh with all the stabilization and everything of the norwegian merlin at sami which in, in belgium which is what we're talking about and mm-hmm. um, it was really good, really impressive. Um, he, he still had everything on his cards. Mm. He hadn't even like downloaded his cards when he. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, the only the only thing on on mirrorless. Sorry, Ian, it's a tangent. He said was was battery life, <laughs> but um, he seems seems to have, have done really well out of it. And uh, he loves really it. Yeah, it, I, so. I he I went to um, Air Legend in France um, with him. Uh, he went to that show and and was obviously with him for the Saturday. And yeah, and we were talking about the mirrorless stuff, and he he's really really happy with this setup. Yeah, it looks like it's really working for him, which is great. So yeah, as technology improves, probably mm-hmm. probably definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian, what have you been up to? Um, went to Cosby. Uh, mm-hmm. Good to get back to an air show. Uh, How was that? I I I think I was yeah, because I sort of heard different murmurings about it. Uh it was good to get back to a show. I think the the reenactment side of it was lacking compared to previous years. You mean on the uh, ground? I, yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd heard some rumours that there were some uh, that the clubs and things weren't prepared to go. Uh, they weren't happy with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the land battle itself, uh, it's still a spectacular piece, um, but seemed to be over in the blink of an eye. Um the flying was was good. Obviously, not what it used to be. Um, because well, when you say obviously, why is that? Uh, well, the, the limitations that they've got as to where they can fly. So sure. it's it's still good to see them taxi and take off. The the area that you used to be able to get to has been reduced. So people tend to go down towards. I think it's the northern end of the strip. So it's it's you can still see the aircraft 
But in terms of the flying display, yeah, it, it's still good. It's lots of top sides, but still mm-hmm. quite high and quite distant. But oh, shame. it's it's just compared to how we've seen it in the past. You know, we we hark back to that meteor display and mm-hmm. all of that uh, when they had that the, the original display line. What year was that? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Well, it was it was post Shoreham that that screwed up. So, sorry to jump in. It was, was post Shoreham that sort of screwed everything up. So twenty sixteen was yeah, yeah. on a really weird canted display axis mm. 2017 the flying display was axed entirely because the CAA played some silly buggers and it was then, axed on the day wasn't it yeah I was there Charles Scarra um, flying display director walked, to his immense credit walked down himself and told all of the people on the fence saying look guys I'm really sorry there's no flying and that was on yeah. Saturday and obviously that dripped out and um, yeah a lot of angry punters that year and then 2018 2019 2020, 2021, have all all had this new axis, which, as Ian says, is is quite high and distant. I I was saying to... I was saying to you guys, because we were all there, weren't we, on on that thing, and I was saying to you guys that if you're you're into photography, it's great, because it's just topside after topside after topside, but then for just general watching displays, there's not a huge amount of dynamic Dynamism, dynamic. Dynamicism. I did put it when I, I think it was 2018 when I reviewed it, uh, 18 or 19, I can't remember. But that's all it was. It it was great for topside passes. Yes, having a full frame camera, obviously a disadvantage. Um, But it was just pass after pass after pass, and it did get a bit boring after a bit. Yeah. It isn't. You know, dynamic at all. It is just the aircraft going round and round. Yeah, there, there were some great formations. I think the last pass um, was it. I can't remember whether, whether it was Spitfire and two Hurricanes or two Spits and Hurricanes. I can't remember. But the last pass um, of, of those three when they were coming through as a trio close together, that was quite a spectacular, mm. quite a great photographic mm. opportunity. Um, and of course, you had the night shoot as well there as well, which was good to get back into. Um, there's another there's a threshold night shoot at Cossard, I think, next week as well, mm-hmm. which oh, yeah. I, I might go to. Is that the one at EAP? Uh, yes. Uh, they, no, they've got one tomorrow no, as well. No, they've got one, one to, 27th this week. Tw- yeah, tomorrow at the time of recording, which is all the Jags. Uh, Tornadoes. I think it's, I think it's a Cossard yes. base yeah, RF rather than the RAF Museum one, which is, which is right. with the EAP and everything else. Okay. Active bunch. Active bunch of guys. Fair play to them, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, shall we conclude on? I forgot the questions now. Uh, a quick yeah, fire. Tom, Tom's got an exciting new format for the podcast. This could be. We should, the... we should buy some buzzers or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very cool. I'll, I'll call your name out in turn, and then you can uh, you can answer if you've if you've got one, or just say pass. Um, quick fire round of crappy questions. So. This could just be the the biggest bag of dildos ever, and we'll just we'll just not do it again, <laughs> or I'll run out of fucking questions. Okay, uh, Ian, things you can say at an air show, and also in the bedroom. <laughs> I've got at least two, maybe three. Um, an air show. Um... Yeah, things you can say at an air show, also in the bedroom. Um. <laughs> Dom. Fuck me. 
What a, fabulous, yeah. what a fabulous yeah. display that was. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, raise the bar. Uh, what, an, what an incredible dump and burn. <laughs> <laughs> or um, I'm visual with the landing strip now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank God. A toilet I'm break. I'm sure there's something about fluff in there as well. <laughs> okay. Storm. Uh, What's an, name an aviation movie and why that's better than Top Gun? All of them. <laughs> and why? It's Top Gun shit. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, uh, our listener count just dropped to four, which is just the four of us. <laughs> Just the four of us listening back, just to make sure the audio's <laughs> as crap as it always is. Uh, Sam, aviation movies. Nate, uh, uh, let's have an actual aviation movie better than Top Gun, and why? Hot Shots. Hot Shots. Which one's that? Hot Shots is a. Um, it's a. I think there's Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Two. It's a uh, comedy film with nuts. Oh, it is God. with Nats. Yeah, it is actually. Is it? I was actually trying to think who the main actor was rather than the aircraft type. But, uh, uh, um, what, was it Mike, 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 Michael Munch? Two and a half men. Yeah. What's his name? Two and a half men. Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Oh, Charlie um, Sheen. What? And a whole bunch of others. And it's it's a dumb comedy. I don't know if it's better than Top Gun. <laughs> i tell you, it's a surprisingly good film. Well, it's a terrible film. It's called like Special Forces or something. It's a French film with Jimon Hunso. Um, and it's a terrible film, but it's got this incredible. I just remember it has some brilliant shots of French army helicopters, but also there's this fantastic shot of a French Air Force Transal landing in a desert on some sand. And I just remember as it lands, as as it puts its reverse on, huge just sand just flies forward and covers it. And it's the best thing about the film, to be honest. Ian, better, better movie than Top Gun. Better aviation movie, aviation movie than Top Gun, or aviation segment, you know, like that. Um, what's that? Like the Puma marked as a hind in Rambo. I'll take that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think a lot of people would say Battle of Britain purely because of it's not CGI. Yeah. Although you have got the mock yeah. but um, I think I'd have to say the segment in a bridge too far with the, um, oh, yeah. the horses yeah, and yeah, yeah. the sky trains going up because um, that's what they did to get that going and it, it's just quite that actual segment see them go up uh, and know what they did it's quite uh, quite an achievement really do you know what's a guilty pleasure for me aviation wise is behind enemy lines like Sam will hate it because it's super hornets but yeah that the carrier footage and the low level like flying segments I actually think it's better than Top Gun all right it was made like 10 years after it so it would be but um, yeah okay so now we've pissed everyone off let's piss them off even more aviation Sam <coughs> aviation cliches you hate the most or, or just name um, one what's the worst any landing you can walk away from is a good landing yeah Dan will join you on that and any, any, anyone you can use the plane afterwards is a oh fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Ian um, yeah, along the same lines. What's that one like? The, the, the number of successful takeoffs equals the number of landings, or something. Yeah. Basically, and clapping basically. when the bloody land as well. Don't. <laughs> Not basically. a cliche, but don't don't be a twat when you're a commercial pilot, Dom. Um, Where's Dan when you need him? I don't know. Pass. Pass. Can't think of anything else I've made. I know, like you said, people waving at 
aircraft when they're doing the display. Although my, pa- oh, my partner did exactly that this year. Dom. I do that. You don't. You I've don't wave your past. ice creams, umbrellas, hat stands, grand pianos, everything else. No, my partner does, but not me. Grumpy old Scrooge. <laughs> I have to admit, I we were in Cornwall last week. We saw quite a few Merlins, and I was getting Evie to point them out, much to Laura's disgust. Yes, boy. Uh, so Laura now, uh, Evie now says, "Oh, Merlin helicopter! Like, it's a heliplane. It's a heliplane now." Uh, nice. Very high with bases. Quite some distance away, but I was getting it to wave at him. It's like, oh, oh bless. Like a heliplane. Yeah. I love it. She just turned around and be like, "Merlin HM two, jungly." Pens out, heli service. We went, did go to a park that was on the approach to Nuki, and there's quite a few things that were going in, uh, including some uh, 169s as well. So I did get some video of, of, uh, while she was eating raspberries. Look at this helicopter. Can you say AW169? <laughs> <laughs> Difficult procurement cycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, I reckon, uh, I reckon my aviation cliche that I hate the most is, I have two, I and I hate moody. I told you guys this, right? I hate like photographers that are like, oh, moody skies, and I've used it all the time. So I'm the biggest asshole around. You're bad. You're bad for cliches anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, the like the, the I, I'm a complete see you next Tuesday. But uh, the moody skies, <laughs> and I will use it. And th- there are some times when it is actually like there are dramatic black thunderclouds, and you think, yeah, that is like quite moody. Like, does it just like half the time you just mean shit weather? Just be like, yeah. oh, moody skies. You just mean like you just shoot in the rain at ISO four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the second one is when photographers call a shot stunning. That's just me, like, because every shot is there's going to be someone going, oh, that's stunning, and that, it's very kind, it's very nice. Do you, you, you sit there like, do you drop your phone? Like, <gasps> <laughs> I am actually stunned. I have been stunned. I might as well have been fucking tasered. The shot is that good. And then I'm going to comment on another one. It's a really bad day for me. I've, I've gone through six Facebook posts now, all stunning. So yeah, <laughs> hate that phrase. I think we've started something. <laughs> yeah. Before I before I have uh, blood pressure problems, maybe we should. Tom, uh... Tom actually takes everything he reads completely literally. So yeah, I do. Yeah. I think we should bring back uh, bring back top bombing uh, on the on the forums. Yeah. I thought we did, and then I thought we removed it because of airstrikes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, because anyway. it's because it's a little emoji that, that gets bombed and it says "top bombing" yeah, in the smoke. Yeah, maybe that's maybe not the coolest. Um, <laughs> it's a fucking emoji. So this you know. has been another episode of the UK Asia Review podcast. You finished strongly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope that last little bit was entertaining. It was quite good fun. Let us know what you think. We're on all the social media uh, except TikTok. WeChat, Weibo, etc. We're only on actually Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at UK Airshow Review. Um, we have a website, airshows.co.uk, where you can read all our reviews, interviews, features, articles, uh, and then you can head over to the forums, which is forums.airshows.uk.co.uk, um, and join in the chat, discuss the episode, tell us if you thought that was funny, tell us why you think it wasn't. Um, <laughs> Let us know what you think. If you've enjoyed the episode, or if you haven't, uh, share it. Tell people. Um, let them know if you've if you've got a workmate or a colleague or a family member who you think they're a bit into planes and they love a bit of pub chat and they don't really have a sense of humour. Share the share the podcast. <laughs> with them. 
Well, they try um, really, really too hard to have one. <laughs> Even if, worse. If they like hearing people just trying way too hard to be funny. So, uh, yeah, I hope it's been enjoyable and see you in another episode. Goodbye.